Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. You and I are called by God to do what the Word told us to do. So, according to that, if we'll know the truth, and the truth will make us free. So we're going to stay as free as the Word makes us to be. So in the name of Jesus, Father, I'm thanking you for tonight. I'm thanking you that as we go into the Word, and the Word which, which makes us free, the Word is a purifier. The Word is a stabilizer. The Word is an enabler for us to far, further go into the things of God, things of the Spirit of God, in the dimensions of the Spirit. And so we're thanking you that we're not just mere men, that we're supernatural men, supernatural women fulfilling the call of God. As I minister the gospel tonight, may I be blessed to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, praise God, we go to the Word and we're standing steadfast on this in the name of Jesus. And so uh, we've been dealing with the subject Jesus is. And I'm really looking forward to tonight because I want to go a little further, a little deeper, if we can, mine into a verse of Scripture, pull some wealth out of it. And I want to lay some foundation before we do that. And I want to say this, Jesus is the builder of the church. He's the church builder. And when we, get, when we understand the church is the people, are the people. That's you, that's me. We are the people of God, and we make up the church. Every born-again believer is a part, is a family unit. We are, we are those when we assemble ourselves together and uh, we come together united in the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ is allowed to build His church. That's His people. It's not an edifice. That's the building you drive by and you see a steeple. That's wonderful. That's, we, need a, we need our buildings. We need to have a place of worship, a place we go to, not gather and a social gather, but come and hear the Word of God and do what God told us to do. So the building is actually, the church that He's building is actually the people of God, you and myself. So collectively, the believers form the church on earth, and this is a closest statement, and heaven, on earth and in heaven. Remember he said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, when, we, we, when a man or woman leaves this earth to live as Christ dies gain, Paul put it, when we see that happening, what they did on earth remains on earth, but they also take the works with them and it's in heaven, so they're still part of the family of God. The difference is they just change locations. Paul speaks of this uh, in, in the book of Ephesians, and he makes this statement uh, repeatedly, but he's in different analogies. But he says the whole family in heaven and earth is named after the name of Jesus. So there's a family in heaven, there's a family on earth. We are the family on earth, and we make up the local assembly. So God only has one family. Listen close to that. God is building the church, and He only has one family who live for Him, serve Him on earth. Only one family. You may have different denominations, but that is, you know, that's not the family. The family is the born-again, blood-washed believer. Now, when, it doesn't matter if you go to the denomination. Serve God there. That is awesome. Love Jesus there. Do your work for King Jesus in that church. However, recognize that there's, when we get to heaven, there isn't going to be a division of, of denominations. What it's going to be is the family of Almighty God. So in heaven there's a family, on earth there's a family, and the rest who live, live on, 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 on earth we serve. And in heaven they're doing their due diligence there. Now always remember this, to live as Christ dies gain. So even in death you can't be separated from Christianity. Can't be separated from the church. Just can't do it. Now in Psalm 106, 16, 
and makes this statement, He is our Lord, He alone is King forever. So I gave you that verse the last time I ministered to you. And then I want to take you to 1 Chronicles, our first text of verse today. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11. I want to go into how if He's building the church, and you need, we need to understand He's building it, but He's building it with His characteristics. He's building it with His essence. You know, there are certain individuals that, I remember seeing a construction home. Joanne and I went to a home, and the home was beautiful. It was a gorgeous home. But the person who owned the home before and built it had built many uh, 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 condos and hotels in Las Vegas. So it had a resort feeling, the structure of it. It was grand when you drove in and when you went on the property. It was gorgeous. People build based on their characteristics, their likings. So when Jesus is building the church... He's going to build it based on these characteristics. First Chronicles 29.11 says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty for all that is in, in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted and as head above all. Now catch this. If he's building this church, then it's going to be a church that's built with greatness in it. And therefore, God is building it with great people. God puts His greatness in us and then tells us, assemble yourselves and come together, you great ones, with other great ones, and let my greatness manifest in your midst as you worship me. He says this, and the power, the authority comes on us when we get around other faith-filled believers and do what we're supposed to do. Now watch this, the glory Oh, the glory of Almighty God. So he's building it with his glory. All of the wealth, all of the manifestation, everything you need. That's why he said, if you'll seek me first in my kingdom and in my righteousness, all of these things I'll add unto you. So the righteousness of God. So he says the glory. Then he says the victory. This glorious victory that we have. It, now, that's very important that you catch that. Because how many of you recognize we live in the church world today and we live in the church world and there are some times it doesn't look too victorious. It doesn't feel too victorious. We go through stuff in the natural. There's feelings, there's emotions, so people around us who are afflicted, loss of jobs and a lot of different things that are going on. We're living right now in a moment where we're plagued with this terminology of the virus that's killing so many people, and they're speaking death constantly every day on every outlet. And the death should not enter into a believer's mind, into a believer's voice, and they should not fill the atmosphere with it at all. They shouldn't be doing that. So we've got to realize that that being the case, you're still victorious. And we're victorious because Jesus Christ whipped Satan. Now think about this for just a moment. Do you know that when Jesus was, was born of a virgin, and Satan didn't even know about that. The angel came. An interruption from heaven came to a woman and said, uh, you have been highly favored and God is going to bless you and use you. And that which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. He'll be the Savior of the world. He'll be the Savior of mankind. He'll, people will call him Emmanuel. The supernatural power of God came on that. But do you notice Satan didn't do anything about it? He couldn't know it. He didn't know anything about that revelation being given. He didn't know anything about it. Now, the only way, way he found out wasn't through the shepherds either. He found out when the, the, the uh, Magi went to, over to Herod and they told him of the vision they had. And when they told him what they were doing, they were looking for the king. They, they were looking for the king when they were doing that. Here's, listen close, this is so important. You and I understand this. 
That is when he exposed the, they exposed it, and Satan found out then, and Herod got mad, and he said, well, tell me as well, because if you'll tell me when and tell me where to do it, here's what I want you to know. I will come worship him too. That was a lie. I'll come worship him. No, that was an absolute lie. He wasn't going to come to worship. He wasn't going to do it at all. But what he wanted to do was kill him. And when the, and the three, Hebrew, the three uh, mad guy went another direction, did you notice what happened? Uh, he got so mad because even though he was Satan-filled and Satan-inspired, he didn't have any information on where G- Jesus was. And God was so alert, he told Mary and Joseph, you leave here and go to Egypt and flee till this is over with. So by the time he started killing children, Jesus was saved. That's called victory. So even when Satan was trying to kill him as an infant, he couldn't do it then. He tried his whole time and he couldn't do it. And then when he got called in the ministry, went up, up in the mountain and began to seek the face of God for 40 days, Satan showed up and Jesus whipped him there. Jesus was constantly whipping Satan. He was always raising up insurrections against him. The first time he ever preached in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me in verse 18. And he began to announce, give announcement about the manifestation of his life and what he would be doing on earth and how he would be blessing humanity. The Bible said that very first group of people got insanely mad and took him to a cliff and tried to throw him off. Somehow, we don't know scripturally how, we can assume, we can imagine, but somehow the Bible says it this way, Jesus turned around and walked away through the crowd and nobody could touch him. Now, I don't know how God did that, but he did it. Now, listen close. It wasn't Jesus' time then. Now, listen close to this. Jesus knew, I got to go another way. Satan was always trying to kill. That domain of satanic power was always coming against the church builder. Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is building his church. Now, the reason I'm telling you this, if he, Satan could not whip Jesus, who's building the church, and the material that he would use to build church would be human lives, men and women that would become born again, who would receive Jesus Christ to be the Lord. If he couldn't stop you from being saved, what makes you think he can't stop, that he can stop you from walking by faith? What makes you think that he can challenge you? He can't, he can't uh, make, make you sick and say, oh, I got you now, I got you now. No, we're just the healed of the Lord. He can't even threaten us with death. Hey, to live as Christ, die as gain. You can't threaten me to see Jesus Christ. No, listen, the power of God, this manifestation, so it's called victory. Then the majesty, all that's in heaven, all that's in earth, it belongs to you, Jesus. Listen close to that. All that's in heaven and all that's in earth equally. The way God owns heaven is the way God owns earth, and he gave it to us to rule, to walk in, and have dominion. This is very important you hear me on this. And he said this, you've been exalted above the, the head above all. Acts chapter 10, verse 36 and 38 uh, tells us this. It says, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ because he's Lord of all. I gave you that verse last time. He is Lord of all. Now, doesn't that sound like what he said over here in Chronicles? He's been exalted to be head above all. He is Lord of all. Jesus, your Jesus, my Jesus, he is Lord of all. I want to say to you, the coronavirus, this wicked thing born in hell, has not Lord. It has no reign. Oh, death, where is thy sting, man? Jesus, our health, our healing, our deliverer is with us. There's no fear here. This too shall pass. (laughs) Glory be to God. Now, the word which God sent, the word which God sent. Notice this, not the virus that God sent, not the fear that God sent, not the financial despair that God sent, not the chaos in the streets that God sent, not the the command to to knock over monuments and burn buildings. No, the, the word was sent. 
Anytime God sends something, it has to be based on His Word. There is no way that we can equate what's going on rebelliously on the streets and equate it to the Word. God would never back that. Under the children of Israel, preach, pe preaching peace by Jesus Christ. Watch this. He's Lord of all. Man, I like saying that. He is Lord of all. Now, that leads me to this. Now, remember what he said, what I just read to you in 1 Chronicles? And he said that the greatness is what he would do. And I made reference of the church building. Watch this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Jesus is addressing the disciples, and he says, he asks them, who do you say that I am? Peter responds with this in verse 16. Thou art the Christ. Now, watch what he said. The Son of the living God. Now, very important that we understand the, the terminology here. He said this, Thou art the Christ, you happen to be the Son of the living God. Now, notice why he said this. Number one, he said, you're the Christ, you're the, the anointed one. In, in reality, what he was saying is, out of everybody else who's speaking, out of everybody else that we've ever seen, you're the highly anointed one. You are the one anointed not just to bring us hope and peace, but you're anointed to liberate, make us free in every level. And he said, you are the anointed one. And then he said, the son of the living God. Now, the reason that was put in there, as you and I got to understand this, is because for the beginning of time, man has been making themselves up as gods. The more money you get, the more power you get, the more you think you, you're superior over somebody else, and you try to rule and reign. They, they try to get over on that. The, there's superiority over, over, over how, where people live, what they drive, what, what, where, all the education and all this kind of stuff. And somehow they make themselves out to be God. So when somebody says, I don't need God, I built all this. You just said you were God. Listen, this is very important. He owns it all. All the cattle on the hill, he owns the hill, he owns the dirt. He owns everything. So that statement cannot be rightly stated. He's Lord of all. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, here is where tonight I want to get involved with this and, and just hang out at this verse a little bit. And we're going to read verse 17 and 18. Now, here is the very important statement that Jesus made. And that these next two verses are very important, especially in the hour that we're in. And I want to address some things here. This is what I said. It's crucial. Listen with your spiritual ears. Matthew 16, 17 and 18 said, Jesus answered, and he said unto him, now, Jesus had asked him a question. He said, who do the, you say that I am? We've heard what you said about it, but who do you say that I am? And when Peter responded, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, it's interesting that Jesus answered and said unto him. Paul, Peter didn't ask him a question. But he answered, he spoke up, and he gave him the statement. He said, blessed art thou, Simon, Barjona. And then he said this, flesh and blood had not revealed this unto thee. And this unto thee. But my Father which is in heaven. Now we could rightly put it this way. Flesh and blood had not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven, He revealed it unto you. What you just said, that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, you didn't get from the natural. You didn't even get from walking with me in the natural. You got it by revelation. The Spirit of God talked to you about who I was, and you voiced that out, and you spoke it out, and you announced it, who I was. Out of your own heart and mouth, you said it. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now listen close to that statement. Jesus said, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. He said this, my Father which is in heaven, my Father which is in heaven, my Father which is in heaven. 
Now, remember, the whole family on earth is in heaven and earth. We got, we got family on earth and we got families in heaven. And so this is important that we understand this. The Bible made reference to that. The whole family, says in Ephesians, in three, chapter 3, whole family in heaven and earth is all named. They wrote the same name. So there's family in heaven, family on earth. But notice what he said, my father which is in heaven, overseeing the family that's already there, is talking to this family here, giving them revelation on who they are. Now watch what he said. I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock of the revealed knowledge, not from flesh and blood, but from my Father which is in heaven, is what I will use to build my church. Then he says this, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Shall not prevail against it. It what? The building of the church. Not just the church itself, it's, this is the area. The church has been under onslaught of attack, vicious attacks from different directions over years and years. We have what we, the old book um, is still current today. You get it, it's very important, Fox Book of Martyrs, which gives you the description of how all the saints of old, that first born again believers, and how they, they were viciously brutalized for the gospel's sake. And how they died, and how Peter died, and how John died, and, and what they tried to do to these men, and how they did do a lot of different things. Many of them were slayed, killed, eaten by lions, a lot of different things, thrown into the lion's den. And here's the reality of this thing. They did it, and they were asked, we won't do this if you'll bow your knee, if you'll just give in and give away. No, we'll, we'll always serve Jesus Christ. Now, he said in here, the gates will not prevail against it. Jesus was talking about building his church in this, this, this statement here. I'm going to build my church, Peter, and the revelation of who my father is and who I am into you. That's what I'm going to use to build the church. And the gates can't not prevail against it, the building process of what I'm going to be doing. God is building his church. Now, listen close. I'm not talking in this verse. Jesus is not saying in here that you and I should be charging an enemy and taking over the territory. Let me remind you, Satan is, has lost. He said, all power and authority I've given over unto you. God has already defeated Satan and he owns nothing. He owns absolutely nothing. He, is a, he, has, he has been dethroned. He has no power except fear and lies and doubt and deception. Those are his weapons that he uses against us and they, are, they fail miserably in the magnitude of the presence of Almighty God. Now, when he made this statement in here, where he's not talking about charging them. No, he does because he, Satan doesn't own anything. Get that through you. He doesn't own anything. The only thing Satan has is what we give to him because we walk away from our faith and yield to fear, yield to doubt, yield to bad confession, yield to days and times and seasons and pressure and stories of viruses and all this stuff. And when we bow our knee to that, we give up our territory to Satan. He doesn't have it. And even when we give up portion, he doesn't own it. He doesn't even rent from it. He's, he's, a, he's using it and abusing it and destroying it. So when, he, when, he, when you get it back, there's a mess there. But God is a wonderful restorer. He knows how to breach. He knows he's the restorer of the breach walls. He knows how to do that. Within the gates of ancient cities, when we talk about it from days of old, you remember uh, the scripture talks about Job. He, he was an elder at the city gates. 
Job even sat at the elders. That's where the seats of authority was. Remember, uh, remember the scripture tells us in there that, that uh, when, uh, when uh, we have Abraham, or Abram, I should say, and his, his, uh, his nephew Lot, and when they separated and they got separated, they went apart. Lot was sitting at the city gates. Well, why was he there? He was sitting with the city leaders. And we, they always sat at the city gates. That was the position of power. The gates represented the place of authority. Place of authority. It represented that early. So it rep- it's where the elders would sit. In the Old Testament, this is what they would do. This, and this was where transactions. Well, this is close to my statement. This was the place where transactions were done at the city gates. It was the center of commerce. It was the center of decision making. It was the center of, of, of what they would allow, what they wouldn't allow. It was a term or reference of the gates would be equivalent today of us saying this. Listen close to me. Listen to what I'm already saying to you. Here we go. Gates. It's the place where state high courts, like the Supreme Courts of every state, the state's governors, the mayors and city officials would govern and do their business without the consulting and without the benefit of the community or the cities making that decision because they were the elders, they were the business people, they held power and superiority, and they ruled the city, and they said what went on in there. If, you, if they let you have a synagogue, you got a synagogue. If they didn't, you didn't. If you, if you could open a business, they let you. If they shut you down, they shut you down. This is what those gates are, and Jesus said this, the gates will not prevail against it. What? It. Not just the church, the church, but the building of it. The building of it. Now notice again, Jesus said, I am building my church. That's what he told Peter. I'm building my church. So you and I must know that it's not enough. There's not enough power at all, anywhere. No delegated power on earth to a mere man, mere woman. There is no power on earth. even, Even hell itself. Not even hell itself. That can prevent, Jesus said, me from completing my task by building my church. So Jesus is, right now, the church builder. And you are the substance, the material that he's using to do this with. Glory be to God. So Jesus said, I got news for you. I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not use any legal maneuvers however clever, to hinder my plans and purposes in the hour that I'm in. And that goes to any season, any hour, in the beginning of the church and the church world today right now. Legal and political systems have repeatedly sought sought to stop the spread of the gospel. They tried to stop Jesus from being born. They tried to stop him from doing everything he was doing. When they couldn't stop him that way, he tried to stop him with disease and getting the religious folk all done. They tried over and over, and they couldn't do it. Jesus even died, and they couldn't keep him killed. He did, never remained in the grave. Jesus, the church builder, rose again on the third day. And he said, now, look at this power that I have. I'm going to build my church based on that. If hell could not shut him up, if hell could not give Jesus a stay-at-home order and stay in the grave, why do you and I think that virus can put us into a stay-at-home order? Listen, I'm staying at home in the presence of God. That's my home. That's my presence. Man, that's the presence of Almighty God. Legal political systems have repeatedly, I'm going to tell you it again, tried to stop the spreading of the gospel. They sometimes have, have had limited success over time. We realize that. Look at Daniel. Daniel was a, a slave. When the manifestation came to him and he had that visitation and the angel said, I've come for your words, he was a slave at the time that happened. 
He was in slavery, but God still dealt with him and caused him to rise up all through that muck and myrrh and all through that junk of political power, and he became the second man in charge. Man, think about that. If we'll just be the light of the world and stand steadfast, they sometimes, Satan has sometimes used legal maneuvers and political power to have limited success, but they have always eventually failed. There is a divine law that supersedes or overrides human law. Heaven acts as the supreme court and overturns the rulings of earthly magistrates. I'm using the same dialogue they use in scriptures. When... It, when a human atheistic views acts, acts of development against the, the church of Jesus Christ on earth, heaven always steps in. Heaven always steps up. Heaven always steps out. And he uses the church as his building to do the stepping. So church, we got to get to stepping and moving forward in the name of Jesus. Gates shall not prevail against us. Philippians 2.10 put a whole different twist on the language of this and if we could and it's very similar but he said this that, that that at the name of jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess on heaven and earth and things in heaven things in earth and that jesus is lord to the glory of god and the father listen every one of us who travels on the road of faith requires assistance from time to time and the reason that's so important we understand this is because we will face resistance from time to time and sometimes that'll come in harsh modes and we as believers should never give in to fear. Never give in to fear. Listen, we are right now, and I'm not denying the, the, the factor of it, that we're faced with challenges where COVID-19 is or the virus. But do you know that there have been more scenarios of situations that are going on and more people have actually recovered from the virus than they're even telling you. For, you know, there, there are far, far more thousands and thousands of people that have recovered. More people die, died from, from January to April 1st, worldwide uh, records prove it out, from just the common cold versus the, the COVID-19. But they pushed the COVID-19. And there's a whole diabolical thing behind that. And the powers that be are telling the church now, close down. We're the answer. We're the answer. The church is the answer. And the church can't be concerned and worried or lock themselves away and fear. We cannot do that. We've got to do what the God told us to do. God has an answer. When God, when God, I remember this account when there was this great tsunami that happened in the in, in uh, out in Asia and um, uh, oh, about by Thailand. And when this tsunami came, a man gave a testimony that he had some orphans with him and he had a rowboat. And the Spirit of God told him, "Get in the rowboat and head towards the tsunami." Everyone else was going the other direction. It made no sense to go one direction. But Jesus went. The, Jesus told him, go in that direction. He went straight at that tsunami. When he went straight at the tsunami, he went up and over the wave. And everyone on that boat, all those little orphans were saved in that rowboat. And, court, and even the missionary. He, now that makes no sense to attack it and go straight at it. That makes no sense. When everybody's running from it, God told him, go at it. Listen. There's times in our life while, God, while the world is saying run, cower. Some of us are going to be told run at this thing and whip this thing. And some will say, boy, I don't know if I'd ever do that. No, well, you may not be called to do it, but I, you know, I know I am. I'm called to be one of those. I'm raising my hands up. I want to be, I want to be in, that, in that champ of camp where we're giant killers. In the hour where giants are sticking their head up. We need cheering up and we need to raise our flag and our banner high. When direction is unclear, we need to wait for direction. Now, I want to end with making this statement. 
our faith response and actions providing, uh, proving our trust in God. We prove our trust in God by our faith actions and the way we respond. But they were never designed to be monuments. They were never designed to be monuments. But rather, they were designed to be footprints. Let me explain to you. A monument says, this is where I've come, this is what I've done, and this is where I've ended. A footprint, when you see a footprint, it announces to you, what you've seen is my past. I'm still moving forward. And the fact that you see a footprint is proof I've been here and I'm still moving. We Christians, we as the church of the living God, we leave footprints. Here's how Paul put it. Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. I'm saying to you, as those of you listen, we need to learn to follow our leaders who are following Christ. Not just follow leaders blindly. No, follow those who are following Christ and then take their example of what God's telling you to do. As a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, as a pastor of a great church whom I love dearly, my wife Joanne and I, we love pastoring our congregation. Listen, but we have to hear from God as to how God's directing us in our church. I'm not going to let, I, I appreciate and I pray for our governor, uh, but I'm not going to bow to Governor Newsom. I'm going to bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Governor Newsom does not reign over me. His words have no dominion over me. The word of God has dominion over me. And I will do what thus saith the Lord to me in the hour that we're in right now, and I'm bold enough to say that. I've got to say that. I've got to be, I've got to be a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, blood-washed believer and realize that I will not fear. Somebody's going to have to rise up on their own inner man and say that. So the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Why? Because he is the church builder. Jesus is building the church. And what he's doing? He's building us today. Listen, I believe you got something out of this today. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ loves you so much. And we've got to have, be bold. And we've got to be this fierceness. We have to have this fierceness about us. It says, listen, I hear what they're saying, but I've got to hear what this says. What saith the Lord? What, what's in the inner man, the hidden man of the heart? What, what am I hearing? What do I hear the Spirit of God say? This is where it's at, right here. Jesus, give me, give me direction. Jesus. Holy Spirit, you said you lead me and guide me in all truth. In these devastating moments, what should I do? As pastor of, of this ministry, Heritage, what should I do? And that's what I'll do. I, here I am. Lead me. I'll go wherever you tell me to go. And I, if you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.